1: Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com.
0: Steve Smith made runs. Joffrey Archer took wickets. Sound familiar? It was a gorgeous day at the Oval, sun shining all over, and it was near perfect for England. No, they didn't get to 300 in the morning, but that didn't really matter in the end. Archer was brilliant, taking 6 for 62, as Australia were bowled out for 225. Smith, forever relentless, past 50 once again, as he has done all series. Although he did eventually fall for 80, his lowest score of the series. Rory Burns and Joe Denley survived just to get England to 9 for none at the end of the day. England hold the lead of 78. Welcome to the Wisden Ashes Daily Podcast. I'm your host, Tar Hashem, joined by Wisden Cricket Monthly's editor-in-chief, Phil Walker. Phil, let's first talk about the main men. Archer didn't look his best at Old Trafford, but he was great today.
1: Yeah, the less said about Old Trafford the better, because that was peculiar, wasn't it, when Australia were 20 for 2 on that first morning, under Leaden and Skies, and, and he couldn't crank it up. But then we do have this awful tendency to throw far too much too soon at, at these, these great young talents in all sports. It's a disease of English sporting culture. Uh, so we'll park that and we'll instead consider what he's done in London this summer. Six, well, five wickets at Lords uh, and six today, six for 60-odd, um, on, on a pitch that everybody thought was pretty flat. Uh, the general consensus, understandably, after day one was that England had left a lot out there to end up 270 for eight. And what was it, 294 This all out this morning? Most people thought that's 50 to 100 shy. Uh, well, Joffre just laid waste to that kind of conventional thought again. Um, and in fairness, you know, the ball did move for England. It wasn't just Joffre today, it was also Sam Curran. And if anybody had really kicked the door down today uh, in that middle order uh, where, where Australia have been fallible all summer, then it was really Sam Curran. I, think, I don't think you can really separate the two Curran took three for, uh, Archer took six for, uh, but they both had an equal effect today.
0: And, and with Curran, he, he sometimes looks quite innocuous with that left arm in Don't swing. Don't fall into this trap, <laughs> Don't then, fall into the trap. No, no, I will say that the fact that he always continuously pitches it up, he's always going to invite errors. And
1: Yeah, yeah. I, th- and I, th- I think that's a very good point, though, that you make because he was driven by Labochain early in the piece, in his second over, maybe, and it was a long half volley. Uh, now, all right, I've been in good form this year, but I, genu- I thought I'd have, I'd have just creamed that <laughs> through the covers. And it's, it, you know, it's it's seventy-eight to eighty mile an hour often, and especially when he does really pitch it up like that. But then, three or four balls later, very similar delivery to Labuschagne, and he skews it to to third slip, and it's just short, just wide of third slip, uh, ran away for four. So, you push the. You push the, the, the line all the time if you're Sam Curran. Uh, he's not a bowler who's going to bowl dry. Uh, he's not a bowler who's going to bowl a boring length. He's not that kind of cricketer. You saw him with the bat when he came out on day one and slapped his third ball for six over with two men back for the hook. He's, he's a thriller of a cricketer. Uh, and so he's going to go the distance from time to time because he's always trying to move the game along. Uh, Gareth Batty said to me two years ago he always has a say in every single cricket game he plays he always has his say the only game one can think of where he, he hasn't in england colours was the game that he played in the west indies where conditions were completely uh, antithetical to what what kind of qualities he offers that's the only time when he's played for england where it's been uh, a non event he always always has a say in the outcome of a game of cricket and we've seen it today you described him in your piece as mysteriously brilliant a week or two ago with the the ongoing question that many are asking what is Sam Curran what is he well I think we need to park that question and just appreciate what we've got here as you rightly wrote in your piece he should bat seven he should be uh, an impact player at seven and a fifth uh, fifth bowler uh, and then you're ha- you talking about a real game changer of a cricketer because he gets things going to, without a doubt in all conditions bar Barbados or Antigua, wherever, Antigua I think it was. Uh, in England, where it always does a little bit, he's always going to have a chance. And it was interesting to see him today, all right, Woke's got Smith in the end when he missed a straight one. I mean, chalk that one up, he missed a straight one on 80. But it was Curran who inconvenienced him throughout the day. And that speaks for itself.
0: Cheeky plug for my piece sir. Thanks very much, Not Phil. No problem. It was um, good. And I, I You've guess got potential.
1: <laughs> it's got to hang in there, mate.
0: <laughs> and he, I mean, if anyone was going to get a hat-trick, I, I, I just had the feeling because of Corrin and the way he... When, when you watch him, you deal with the intangibles. He is... Something happens. So you felt he was going to get that hat-trick today. Uh, a it didn't come. Um, yeah,
1: you're right. You're right. He does have that kind of stardust. You've seen the way that he bats. Uh, he made a 60-odd in Sri Lanka when England were in trouble. I think it was at Pala second Test match. He hit six sixes in, a, in his 60. He became the first man in history to bring up his first three 50s in Test cricket with a six. First man ever to do it. He was man of the series in his first full series against India last summer. Uh, it does beg the question, where has he been? Where has he been this summer? And we're, not, we're, we're being wise after the event up to a point. But we've seen that the ball has deviated uh, in the air and from time to time off the pitch throughout the summer. Um, if sometimes punters and pundits are guilty of underestimating them, then maybe Joe Root and Trevor Bayliss have as well.
0: even troubled Smith, believe it or not. Smith um, did offer a chance at first slip to Joe Root and put him down. Smith did what Smith does. He, yeah, but, he, but what's,
1: what's happened here? Smith... Smith gets 35 to 40% of Australia's runs every time he bats. But he only got 80. So they only got 220 odd. Uh, Smith normally gets 150 at least. And which means that they get, you know, 350 at least. But because Smith bummed out for <laughs> 80 odd, suddenly Australia out of nowhere really are behind the A ball. Um England are what what do you say 78 ahead I think. Yes, they yeah. th- they survived a a dirty naughty session this evening where Cummins was far too fast again. It's it's a different experience watching it live and I don't want to kind of sound smug to our listeners here any more than normal but when you are sort of pitch side and you see the quicks the real quicks go go at these batsmen with a new pill it is truly terrifying. Um and standing sitting behind the batsman with Cummins running down from the pavilion end, uh, towards the Vauxhall end where we're sat, sat in the press box. It was chilling and thrilling and terrifying all at once. Um, Denley should have gone, you know, steered one straight to, to gully. I think it was Marcus Harris, I think, in there, at, at sort of second gully. Easy catch, really. Uh, grassed that one. Uh, Burns' last ball of the day overturned. He's very good at overturning LBW decisions, by the way, Burns. He's very cool at that. Uh, Didn't even consult for a second, overturned that that decision that went uh, initially against him, but then came round. It was England's day from very inauspicious beginnings. uh, And they will be mildly surprised to be ahead of the game. Uh, tomorrow looms large. I mean, the sun will be out. They've got ten ten second innings wickets in hand, and they've got a lead of seventy, which they never, in a million years, would have expected at the start of the day.
0: In those in those last few overs, I mean, you talk about the feeling in the crowd watching those quicks. You also get a feeling about how things are going to pan. Sometimes, just the way the, the Australian innings ended with with Archer rampant, and then following that, you, for all of Joe Denley's troubles. Um, and while Rory Burns has been excellent, you, you know Pat Cummins is going to you know, seriously test you with those few sure. overs. There was a sense that they weren't going to get out. you know what I mean? Like,
1: I, I absolutely know what you mean. And, when and, and it's, it's the rhythms and, and momentum, mini-momentums within, within a game of cricket. It also, this game has clarified just how fallible these two teams are, I think. Australia would have been desperate to have turned up here and put on a show. They dropped three catch. They dropped the England captain three times in about half an hour on the first morning. They made a peculiar decision at the toss. They didn't bowl badly yesterday, but they weren't inspired at all. They batted indifferently today. Even Smith didn't bat especially well, considering what kind of plane he's working on. Uh, and then they dropped a catch in the last twenty minutes of the day as well. Uh, it shows just how. How vulnerable these two teams are yeah. uh, and when Australia were looking to make a big statement they've come up a little bit short in this game just as when England after the Stokes miracle of Henningley, were looking to make a statement at Old Trafford they stunk the place out it sums up both of these teams it's little wonder that they are let's be honest they are middling test match teams in the world
0: and, and, and I know it was England's day but it did the day did sort of bottle up the series in a way you know you had yeah. Smith make runs hard to but also David Warner got out cheaply sort of the patterns of the day it kind of it, it shows yeah. that because Labuschagne got runs again but didn't get that many runs and, and so
1: it also kind of it's worth saying you know a thoroughly enjoyable day's cricket um, slightly ramshackle um, slightly mistake laden uh, but with some moments of great class in there as well uh, and, and England as I say have sort of accidentally stumbled into the ascendancy here I don't think, I don't think anyone really saw that coming uh and and tomorrow tomorrow becomes a very interesting day i think what will happen with this game is that the next two days we'll see an uh, an upshot of intensity or an upsurge rather of intensity because it's been a peculiar atmosphere here at the oval the first two days there's been for all the talk that the series is still alive, that it's a 2-2 scrap potentially for England to aim for and that Australia don't want to go away having just merely retained the Ashes, they want to win the Ashes I get that, I get all, all of that but when push comes to shove there is a lack of jeopardy in this game and there is a lack of edginess in the crowd as a consequence and the players, I think first it's worth pointing out they are out on their feet these boys uh, and I'm not saying that we should get the violins out and feel sorry for them at all but we are asking these players to perform at a ridiculously high intensive level day after day and we are what mid-September of one of the longest summers and most high octane summers with an extraordinary drain of emotion as well as physicality uh, over the last few months and it builds up and it builds up and you're asking them to go again I think what you'll see over the next two days uh, is the last, the last knackered hurrah by these two punch-drunk teams. Uh, and while you would think England are definitely in the box seat, I can easily see Cummins just coming out tomorrow morning and just having one last day out in English conditions to confirm yet again that he is, he is uh, on a different level really to everybody else.
0: So we're on for a, a tired goodbye. Yeah, which is maybe
1: just me projecting. (laughs) I don't know. But, yeah, I don't think this game will will fizzle out. I think that they will kind of gird their loins, these two teams. And I think it will be two very, very good days cricket. I can't see the game going much further into Monday um, and, and, and a fifth day. But you never know. We shall see. How do you see it, anyway?
0: Oh... Well I'm I'm down to to work here on day 5 so I'm I'm hoping they <laughs> they can they can still you know hold on for that that's all I'm hoping for really. And and do you think 2-2 two, two would be a fair
1: call or do you think it would be harsh on Australia if England were to to nick this last one?
0: I think just for the fact that it's mainly been Smith that's performed in terms of the Aussie batters. I think Labachain's been brilliant, but it has just been Smith. I think 2-2 two, two is a is a pretty fair call.
1: I think that's I think that's a reasonable shout. Um Obviously, Warner's, Warner made 61, I think, in the first Test match and has, has made pretty much literally nothing yeah. either side of it.
0: I think something like eight single-figure scores or something like that. Yeah, yeah,
1: extraordinary. Marcus Harris doesn't really look like a Test match opener, certainly not against England's new ball attack. You're right. You know, four of the seven, four of the top seven, have not really delivered at all and arguably four and a half of the top seven have not really delivered at all. So while Australia's pace attack and Smith are true champions... It's a peculiarly lopsided team. Uh, and so if it, if it does end up as 2-2, then they'll be kicking themselves. But I don't think they can have an enormous amount of complaints, really. I think it would probably be just about a fair result between two very fallible, very vulnerable, but rather likeable cricket teams.
0: And and, and then for both teams to reflect on the summer, you'd think that's always... You, they'd be happy with that. Well, England win the World Cup, they lose the... Year, you know, I mean, they didn't have the urn, but they... You know, two-two in the Ashes—that's that's not too bad. And for Australia, the Ashes was their aim. They got to the semi-finals of the World Cup, which was just a bit of a bonus. So, it, it kind of works out for everyone. They might as well just shake hands now, to be honest. You,
1: you, you're absolutely bang on. Uh, I think both teams will quietly walk away with a two-two, thinking, "Okay, and no, I will take that. We'll take that." It's been interesting because Joe Harmon and me are trying to put together the last bits of the magazine, and we're trying to work out what the right tone is for for the England summer, and it's hard to pinpoint really. Uh, is is three one a tear up the rule book and start again kind of result? Is two two a cautiously positive result, or is, or, or is any any inability or any any result where you haven't regained the ashes on home soil, where you haven't lost here in eighteen years, is any any eventuality where you don't do that automatically a failure? So it's a hard thing to 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 absolutely nail down. And again, you can't. Avoid what happened uh, on July the eighth uh, at Lords. You can't av- you can't avoid that. That sh- casts a huge shadow over what what's happened since. I mean, arguably, it might not have been the smartest move to have had an Ashes about seven minutes after a World Cup final win. But yeah, hey ho. I don't want to go down that boring rabbit hole of administration. I think, as you rightly say, they'll shake hands on this on this uh, summer and say okay. We've all got our piece of flesh from it.
0: Yeah. And, and, and like you said, rightly, they, they look tired. Well, you know, I'm tired too. Phil, <laughs> you're tired. I'm doing fine. Thank you very much. I mean, I'm just trying to call it a day now. <laughs> uh, well, that's, that's it from us, folks. Um, of course, we don't just talk about cricket here. We write about cricket too. Uh, every day on Wisdom.com and every month in the shape of Wisdom Cricket Monthly. Uh, if you fancy giving the magazine a go you can get your first three copies print or digital for just three pounds and, and it is outstanding it i mean is, it's yeah. worth pointing that out <laughs> at this at,
1: right at this point point. and the, the upcoming issue will be the 10 stories of the ashes the good of, the good the bad and the ugly it'll be well worth your time
0: yeah cheers, cheers for interrupting that offer there uh in <laughs> fact we'll only charge you two pound 99 if you go paperless uh, to subscribe to the print version and get your first three copies for just £3 go to wisdomsubs.com and use the offer code all in caps WCM3FOR319 to subscribe to the digital version and get your first three copies for just £2.99 go to pgtmags.com slash pod.
1: This, this advert really trips off the tongue doesn't it? It's really, really <laughs> punchy. <laughs>
0: Uh, as ever, subscribe to the Wisdom Create we- Weekly podcast, uh, Spotify, Acast, the podcast app, all of that. Uh, cheers, Phil. <laughs>
1: Pleasure. <laughs> Sports Social Podcast Network.